Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Let's Go Hockey Podcast. Today we are joined by Stanley Cup winner Brian Rolston. I'm your host, Pete Kamen, and with me as always, Danny Heath of Project Hockey. And it's always special when you get to talk to a Stanley Cup champion, NHL All-Star, U.S. Olympian. I think we were joking before we got on here that we had to cut out a hundred things in his bio. And then before we got on, he was like, you can cut that down shorter. And we're like, we already did cut it down shorter. So <laughs> what he's done for our game is is special. And he's been around some leaders and he is a, he's obviously a leader himself wearing the C for the Minnesota Wild. But the way he talked about leadership was extremely unique. I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, and I, I love that part of it. What do you think, coach? Yeah, I thought that was a huge takeaway from this one. But yeah, you're right. We were trying to make the bio and uh, it was just like, you know, we're cutting out, you know, NCAA All-American and CCHA First Team All-Stars and like things were just like, holy geez, like they're afterthoughts yeah. because of his accomplishments on the ice in the, in the Olympics and the NHL and NCAA championships. It's kind of crazy. So anyway, you know, a guy like that, there's a lot to learn from, takeaway from. And I think, um, you know, for me in that, in that episode, if I had to pick one, I, I'm excited for the listeners to hear about his thoughts on um, the importance of individual skill development and his advice for players and coaches towards the end about how, um, you know, leaning on those fundamentals. And uh, I'll kind of leave it at that, but he talks about some his thoughts on fundamentals throughout and the importance of getting to the next level based on those fundamentals. So, um, yeah, so with that, I think this is a great uh, great episode. I'm I'm fired up to get it out there. Heater, you ready to do this? Let's jump into it. I'm ready. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And anytime you get to listen to somebody who has the cojones to go down on Roberto Luongo and take a slap shot on a, on a penalty shot, you need to listen to his advice. So let's do this thing. Let's go. This interview was brought to you by our friends at hockeywolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit hockeywolf.com today. Hockey Wolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State, but if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm-up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. Originally from Flint, Michigan, spending his youth hockey careers in Detroit, before getting drafted to the New Jersey Devils in the first round, 11th overall in the 1991 NHL entry draft. Let's go. Played two years for the Lakes, for Lake Superior State, where he scored the game-winning goal and earned most outstanding player honors in the national championship game as a freshman. Represented Team USA in three World Juniors, the World Cup of Hockey, where they won gold, and played in three Olympic games, including a silver medal for in Salt Lake City. 17-year NHL career, including over 1,200 games for the Devils, Avalanche, Bruins, Wild, and Islanders. Let's go, including multiple seasons as an assistant captain for the Wild and Islanders, plus a season as captain for the Minnesota Wild. And oh yeah, won a little thing called the Stanley Cup in 95 with the New Jersey Devils. Let's go. After retiring from the NHL in 2013, he's now the head coach of Little Caesars 
AAA youth program and founder of Rolston Hockey. Brian Rolston, welcome to Let's Go Hockey Podcast. How are you doing today? Great, great. Good to be here, guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the on the show here today. I think, uh, Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you might be the first Stanley Cup winner we've had on, so I'm, I'm, we're honored to have you. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I, I, I like your, your, the goal behind what you guys are doing, and uh, it's awesome. Great message. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, yeah, that goal of trying to trying to help out coaches and players at the at the youth levels and, and, and help improve the game. Like with that, let's, let's jump into it. You know, we, uh, Heater jumped in or touched on a couple of your stops along your career, but can you give us a little, little insight into your hockey career and your background? Yeah, well, I played most of my amateur hockey, like you had mentioned, in the Detroit area. Uh, obviously, that's where I'm at now with the uh, we have a strong culture there in Michigan of youth hockey and the youth sports. And obviously after I was done with my career, um, I have kids that play hockey and that was my next thing. I, I catered to my kids and um, got involved uh, with the little Caesars uh, amateur hockey. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, I've had a lot of great coaches throughout my career. And uh, I'd like to give back uh, some of the, the lessons that I've learned uh, as a professional and as an amateur. Yeah, and I think we're we're going to dive into some of the coaches that you've had because obviously when you play that long, um, you're going to have some people around you that are obviously steering you in the right direction. But before we jump to there, you, you obviously had a ton of individual and team success at the NCAA level. How did, how did playing NCAA college hockey prepare you um, to make that jump to the NHL? Well, it's always hard to make jumps. You know, you go from junior hockey, which would be USHL. I was in the North American Hockey League, which now is a tier two junior league. But anytime you make a jump, it's very difficult. And uh, I made a jump uh, with Jeff Jackson to Lake Superior State. And it's difficult because you go from playing against 18-year-olds, you're playing against men, you're playing against 23-year-olds. So anytime you make those jumps, it's difficult. But I was very fortunate to have Jeff, who's at He's at Notre Dame now. He's the head coach of Notre Dame, where my son's committed to and is going to go play next year. So um, just a guy that had a lot of detail in his game. You know, in junior, you're scoring all these goals, but then when you get to college, maybe you have to play a little bit more defensively, and those are the kind of details that I learned with Jeff at Lake State. And then I went on to play for the New Jersey Devils with Jacques Lemaire and Larry Robinson. I mean, two of the best teachers probably in the world that I was able to learn from at a, at a young age that prolonged my career. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's probably seven, eight years because they helped me learn the defensive side of the puck. So maybe, can you, can you touch on that a little bit more? You're talking about the, the importance of learning to play on the defensive side of the puck and, and maybe, you know, you just listed a couple of legendary coaches that, that taught you that aspect of the game. Uh, if you can impart some of that, that knowledge or, or what you learned along with like expand on that a little bit to see so some of the listeners can get some insight into that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're in college and you're scoring all these goals. You think you're going to go right into the national hockey league and be a 50 goal scorer. That's not very common. You know, there's, there's some guys that can do it, but um, it's the guys that can go in and learn from people in front of you. You know, I had an interesting conversation with Miko Koivu uh, recently and, we were talking about my son going into the draft and, and he had mentioned to me, he's like, one thing that would be important to him is that his son would go into a locker room with a lot of great leaders. 
that know how to play the game that can help them across, you know, as a young player. And, and that's what I was with Miko and Brett Burns when I went into Minnesota. I had had that early coaching, but uh, to get to I digress a little bit there, but uh, the defensive side of the game, not cheating and um, not cheating to the offensive side of the puck all the time. You, you hear people talk about playing the right way and, um, it's very difficult at the amateur level to teach that, but it's very important um, as you as you go on in your career because you you want coaches to trust you in those situations and trust gets you on the ice, which gets you more opportunity to possibly put up points and um, th- those are the the things that uh, that I I stress to my kids and and how to play the right way and be on the defensive side of things and. Uh, you know, it's very important, but, you know, there's a lot of great details uh, in the game, having a good stick, um, you know, all these things that are very minor, but they become very, they become major. And you see NHL guys even, uh, you know, aren't great at some of these details, but if you can try to teach it at a young age and try to build good habits, I think that's really important. You've um you've obviously been on a lot of good hockey teams, but going from your Stanley Cup to your success in the um, international stage, and so what what do you think makes those teams successful and and special in a way? And um, obviously those teams know how to play defense, and and they can, they play on the right side of the puck. But was there something else like going through that cup year that you're like, you know, from day one we were special, and you could feel it for certain reasons? You know, it's funny. I remember that was a, that was a lockout year and it was my first year in the league. And uh, we won the Stanley cup that year, but we had guys that had been in that organization for a while, kind of building it like Bruce driver, John McClain. Um, we got Scott Stevens. We had Claude Lemieux, a lot of good leaders in that dressing room. And, you know, we went uh, through that run. It was a tough run and we ended up playing the, the, uh, Russian five in uh, the Stanley cup final against the Detroit Red Wings. I'm coming back home to play against the Red Wings. So it was an exciting time, obviously. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, they were supposed to sweep us in four and we ended up sweeping them in four (laughs) and it was just the way we played. It was Jacques uh, system and we all bought into the system. And, you know, you hear guys talk about that all the time on NHL interviews, but you know, they, you implement a system and then guys have to buy into what the coach is telling you. And, and you see that with Barry Trotz when he goes from team to team, how he can instill that in some of his guys, but you have to have guys that will buy into that. So it's, um, it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a lot of different things, but it's a lot of guys buying into one thing. Yeah. I think that's huge, but you, you mentioned across any levels and maybe it's not quite as evident at, at the younger youth levels, but it's still there. And I think it probably ties back a lot to um, strong leadership to get that group of players at any age or any level to, to buy into that game plan. So maybe that's what I'd like to, to dig into next year with you is you, know, you had the opportunity to be uh, an assistant captain and captain in the NHL for a couple of seasons um, can you touch on kind of your thoughts on leadership in regards to hockey and, and maybe some of the, the players when you were younger in your NHL career, the, the leaders you played with and, and kind of what you took away from those guys and took into your own game? Yeah, um, it's, always, it's always lead by example. It's never the guy with, you know, that speaks the loudest in the dressing room or talks all the time to the team. 
Um, some of the leaders that I've had throughout my career, obviously Scott Stevens. I played with Joe Sackick, obviously uh, Patrick Waugh, some of those guys in that dressing room, uh, Forsberg. Um, you know, those guys were always the guys that put up in the game. You know, they weren't guys in the locker room, rah-rah. There was nothing about that in their game, but it's, it's the people that go out and demonstrate leadership. Um, that's from my experience. Joe Sackick said very little in the dressing room uh, when I was in Colorado. Same thing with Scotty. He would, he would at times if it really, you know, if he really needed to, but it, he, he spoke loudly when he, when he got on the ice. And when you have a leader, you know, an amateur kid that goes into practice every day and he wants to get better and he's ready for practice and he does every drill at his, at his hardest, you know, those are the, that's the leadership to me. Um, you know, being ready in drills, especially at the amateur level, I'm always, I'm constantly telling kids cause I've had them since like, I've done 2012s. Now I've done some 2010s. I had my son from U14 to U16. Be ready. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing t-shirts at the start of the se season. Be ready. You know, <laughs> yeah. just in practice, like, get, be ready, you know? Uh, so it, it's that. It's, it's demonstrating on a daily basis, you know, kids that actually want to come in and they want to get better on a daily basis and be ready for practice and, and give it all you got in every drill. And, and uh, you know, it comes – and I always stress to the kids, it comes back to your fundamentals. Uh, you know, the best guys in the world have unbelievable IQ, but it also comes back to fundamentals. Those guys, their fundamentals are so spot on, and that's what sets them apart. So with, with that in mind, with your pra practicing and training throughout your, your career and, and before it was a career for you as you were coming up, up, do you think that that, you know, focus on the fundamentals was what kind of allowed you to be what, you know, when I was doing some pre-reading before this, you know, you're kind of tabbed as like a utility forward where you could be moved around and play different positions and, and be kind of slotted in a lot of different places in the lineup. How would you like, how would you practice or train for kind of that utility role and, and do you think it falls back to that, that what you just said, being ready and, and falling back on the fundamentals of the game? Well, you know, often, and it's funny that that's how I'm, that's how I'm, no, uh, they say that I was a utility forward because I could play the defensive side of the game and um, I could kill penalties and do those kinds of things. That's not something in college that I was known for. I think you change over time. And when you're a younger player, you have to, your skill development is so big, all your fundamentals, your skating, your, your puck handling, your shooting, and creating good habits all the time with those, those things, I think is so important at the, the amateur levels. Like, I was very good at that at a young age. And then as, as time goes on, those other things start coming into your game and that make you a more well-rounded player. And, and you have a lot of good leadership uh, and good coaches uh, in order to give you those things as you, as you move on. Yeah. I, I mean, that's obviously huge. And then you add more and more into your game as you go. And, you know, before you know it, you've played over 15 years in the NHL. And one thing that you were for sure known for is you could rip the puck. And for me, like I've talked with a few coaches and I was just talking to Tim Jackman, uh, the art of like hammering a hockey puck and shooting a slap shot is, is going away. And, for whatever reason, if it was a buzzword that, you know, getting just a, get a, a 
a flick on net is better than nothing. And yes, I know that's true, but when you have the space and you have the time, you got to be able to shoot that hockey puck and, and the harder you can shoot it, obviously with accuracy is going to be, um, it's going to be huge. And so how, I mean, how did that happen for you? Was it something that you focused on? Was it something that you did or did it, was it a natural thing? And how, how did you become known in the NHL as having one of the hardest shots? You know, you hit that right on the head. It's a perfect explanation is if you do have the time and space, you know, you got to pound You got to pound it. You know, yeah. I know like if I had a two on one and I knew I had time and space and I shot an off leg shot and I knew it wasn't as hard a shot, I come back to the bench and I'd be like, why did you, why did you shoot like that? And I talk about this all the time with our kids is intensity in your shot. You know, you'll watch kids, they'll just come up and flick it at the net. Now there's a time and there's a time and place for those kinds of shots where they have to get off quick because guys are so good, especially at the older ages in the NHL um, at blocking pucks and having good sticks. So you'll see that all the time. I posted something today on Ralston Hockey. I was showing my shot where we were practicing the Matthew shot where you pull and shoot a full body shot. So I appreciate that uh, sentiment is about about shooting the puck with intensity. Um, you know, my shot was always something that I had, I had a good shot, you know, since I were, I was young and, um, you know, you don't get that many opportunities when you're, you're in the big leagues. And I stress that to younger kids, they get a lot of opportunities and you have to make them count because as you get older, they get, you know, they dwindle, you get maybe one a game or two a game. So you have to make it count. Um, it's just something that I've kind of had and, um, you know, obviously the the shootout, um, it wasn't a shootout. It was actually a penalty shot the first time I used it against uh, Luongo. And uh, what happened was I got – it was a long shift for me, and I was doing a lot of stops and starts, and then I got a breakaway. I was on the penalty kill, and I was dead tired. And I got a penalty shot. So I was just like, geez, what am I going to do here? I couldn't even catch my breath. So that's when I shot the uh, the slap shot. And I went glove low on them, and uh, and then after that, I started using it more often. And I, other teams sometimes started getting pissed at us. And I remember Dion Phaneuf come in one time and shot a slap shot, hit our goalie right in the chest, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." But uh, and I got, I had a funny story about I played in the All Star game in 2007, and you know you can I had my kids with me and my son Ryder was with me, and we'd go on the bus. And Luongo was our goalie, of course, uh, in, two th- in that all-star game. So, so all, some of the kids would ride on the bus, and, uh, you know, I wa- we walked by Luongo, and he-, he says to my son, can you believe your dad embarrassed me like that? <laughs> my-, my son was probably like, <laughs> I don't know how old he was, seven years old or eight years old. So, what a proud uh, dad I'm, moment, huh? <laughs> uh, 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 no, it's just funny. My son was like, he didn't know what to say. You know, that's Roberto Luongo. You know, starstruck. That's awesome. That is a really cool story. And I know that was one of our, Kenny Ryan, obviously who works for you. He asked in the comments, what was the real reason you took the the penalty shot slap shot? And obviously because the PK, he said hashtag PK shift. So there was obviously something more to it. So we're glad you told that story. Um, What would you say? Like, what is one or two things that kids should be doing to, to develop a harder shot. Like, and I know it's tough over a podcast, but if there is like one thing that a kid could do to, to really increase strength or flex or whatever that would be, do you have some advice that a kid could work on? 
Well, I think it, I think it's important for kids to have the right flex. Obviously, um, if you're using, you know, like a gab. I know guys now they use their flexes are you know eighty to ninety. They might even be lower in some guys. I used because I shot a lot of slap shot. I was at like a one hundred five, and I I think Chara's using like a one fifty five. But uh, with that being full, <laughs> Just a tree. but uh, yeah, he is. Um, but uh, you know. It's important, and I have a couple you know, tutorials on on our Instagram. But um, it's important to get. I believe it's important to get flex from your blade and your shaft to your stick. If you watch Oveshkin, Ovi's got that big curve, and he just comes over, and they lean on their toe, and it just comes off. Um, you're absolutely right about the strength. I mean, it's very important. You know, uh, kids at a younger age can do a lot of body weight stuff and you know right now you know as you get older you got to get stronger because there's a lot of strong people in the you know in college and they're men and so you have to put the work in for sure and uh you know shoot pucks and and try to create good habits in your shooting yeah i think that's that's huge advice you know i'm i'm currently coaching college level and i think that that strength whether it's related to the shot or just the game in general that's that's probably one of the biggest things that that I see from a player coming from a youth level or even from a junior hockey level, um, that jump where all of a sudden you're, you're playing, you know, 16 to 18 year olds and all of a sudden, you know, the next season you're playing 22, 23 year olds. I mean, that's a big structural difference and strength difference. So I think that's huge advice and it, it'll translate into a lot of different parts of the game. Um, you touched on a couple things throughout the, the talk so far, um, on your Rolston Academy and your son. So let's, let's transition over to, um, coaching, you know, like after you, you, you hung up the skates and retired uh, with your NHL career, what has your coaching experience been like so far? Can you walk us through that a little bit? And then we'll touch on Rolston Academy after that. Yeah, well, the first year when I came back, obviously, or when I, when I retired, um, it was a lockout year. Um, and you start getting into your, your kids hockey more so than anything else. So uh, the first year I watched and watch how the coaches developed the kids and I knew that I had to get involved uh, and you know eventually I did get involved and I took my my uh, then 13 year old basically from U14 all the way through U16 before he went to development program um, it's been um, it's been eye-opening it's it's been very uh, educational for me just to go through it with some of these kids and where they're at and where they end up. Uh, Cause now some of those kids or most of those kids are playing in the USHL and you see what kind of development they had as a younger age. So it was almost a learning uh, curve for me to kind of um, dumb it down a little bit in order to, um, you know, go through the skill development of it. And uh, so it was, it was, it was difficult, but, I enjoyed the process of, of learning as a coach and being able to teach younger players. Obviously the details of the game, I can teach those things to the kids at a young age. Um, but it, it does come back to the fundamentals when I, when I think about it now after a few years. That I would, I would imagine that that is kind of, kind of how Rolston Academy or one of the focuses on it, but maybe we can touch on that um, outside of the, the coaching of the, the in-season little Caesars you're working with right now, but the, You'll tell us a little bit about Rolston Academy, kind of why you founded it, how you founded it, and kind of what sets it apart from player developments, kind of what your main driving philosophies are with that. 
Well, our, I started this my U16 year uh, because uh, my son went to online school um, and we had about eight kids from our team do it. So I have my own rink in the Detroit area. Uh, basically, we have the ice there from 8 a.m. till 3.30 in the afternoon. And we also had – so the first year, basically, I did everything. I did – I went on ice I, um, for all the sessions. And so we do at least uh, an hour to hour and 15 of um, on-ice instruction daily, um, Monday through Thursday. Um, we do different groups. We keep the groups small probably seven to 10 kids, 10 is absolute limit. Um, and they also, we also give off ice as well. I just, basically I want to give the, the pro experience, you know, what I had as a player, we have an off ice uh, company uh, comes in and, and trains our kids uh, daily as well off ice, whether they just need stretching for the day or body weight. Cause we have kids as young as 2010s all the way up to uh, U16. So, we break up our groups and um, it is, we concentrate on skill development and continually get better there, try to mentor the kids. Uh, and we have, we have good people in those respects as well. So what, um, what would a typical day look like for a kid? Does it change as you get older? What would that, so if I'm coming to Rolston Hockey Academy and what, what would my day look like? And then what is the focus on the ice for those skill sessions? Or I'm sure it changes every time, but what would, the, what would those usually look like? Yeah, we, we also have a, a certified teacher in there. So the kids do do online curriculums, um, and pretty much they do all kinds of different curriculums, but our teacher's there to actually tutor to the kids. And um, so they, they would be in school from 8 to 10.30. They'd be doing some of their, their schoolwork. Like 10.30 to 11.30, they'd be doing off ice. Uh, we have a full gym, um, and then lunch, and then usually a, and this is just for one of the groups, a one o'clock um, skate from one to two fifteen or whatever it is. I mean, really, we do soup to nuts. Um, a lot of our drills are game oriented. Um, obviously, we can break that down into whatever it is, but we we will do edges to to shooting to puck handling to passing. Um, just basic fundamentals and, and try to build in game situations to those things. And now because I'm not in the Detroit area, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with Rolston Academy, but um, you know, one, one part I'm not hundred percent sure. Now, are you guys fielding teams that are competing as well? Or is this like a supplemental to a uh, supplemental program on top of what a player is already doing with the regular team? It's a supplemental program. So most, most of the kids that go to the Academy do play for teams in the Detroit area. Um, we are going to start um, taking some younger teams, um, younger select teams, and uh, and try to start them a little earlier in order to, to you know, create good habits for kids. Um, but uh, at this point, we don't have teams. Uh, most of the kids would go have their skill session in the morning, and then they would have their practice in the evening. I think so. What you're doing there is is super interesting to me because it's not like you're grabbing the players away from the programs. You're giving them more, and th there's always the parents and the players that are hungry for more. Um, and a lot of times, even what I'm seeing in, across the country is the more competitive a lot of these teams are, the more 
sometimes those practice sessions are leaning on special teams or systems or plays and, and that skill, that individual skill development is getting lost on a lot of kids. And so what you're providing them is what I'm hearing is, is an opportunity to really focus on themselves and, and growing their game. Um, so what, you know, would you agree with that sentiment that, that these, you know, something like what you're providing is needed for these kids? And I, and I think you're, you're, you're finding success because obviously these players that are coming through your program are, are reaching the USHL and reaching D1 commitments in the development program. So, um, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Like, honestly, when I first started it, I was, I thought, you know, I don't want to burn these guys out. You know, is it too much? but I really saw a great gain in their skill development um, from, from being able to really isolate their game. So you have five, five to seven kids on the ice. We're not killing them, but we're giving them more reps. Um, you'll see, especially in the Detroit area, it's from 14, 15, 16, I think you hit that right on the head. They might be standing in practice doing special teams and you know where you have to pass the puck and because it's so competitive in the Detroit area that the coaches really uh, isolate those kinds of things. But um, if we're not developing the kids for the next level, then what are we doing? You know? Um, and I think kids uh, have setbacks because of that um, the skill development. And, and we've already touched on it too much, but um, you hit it right on the head that, that that's what we, we try to hone in on with it, with the skill development. Do you guys ever incorporate any type of video? Yeah, we do. We actually, um, we're going to probably do a little bit more of that, but um, we, we, uh, if we're doing a certain drill in the practice, we can show that to them before we go out or after they come back in. Hey guys, this is what we were trying to accomplish. This is how you make that move in a game and what you're looking for and reads and things like that. But it's something um, that, that we did quite a bit of, and we're going to have to do more of. Yeah, we've heard from the last couple of weeks of doing this podcast and the, the last few episodes, we've been hearing more and more about video. And I think, you know, it, it's such a, a prominent piece of, of the higher levels and it's it, the trickle down effect is happening right in, in youth hockey. And I think it's such a valuable tool for coaches and, and players to learn from um, that. I'm excited to see that more and more programs are adopting that, at, you know, not just saving it for that, that college, like once you reach colleges, you know, it's becoming more ingrained. Um so let me switch gears here real quick on you. You've got, uh, if I'm correct, you have four, four sons. Is that right? That's right. And so with those players, um, you've got at least one of them that's going to be going to play for your former coach at Notre Dame. I mean, that's got to be kind of a cool, uh, cool thing. To, you know, it's not, not every day you get a father and son who get the, the opportunity to play for the same coach. Um, talk about that decision-making process. I know, I know you're, you're, couple of your sons have been having some success at the youth hockey levels and um, that decision like was what was some of the main factors that made him want to go to Notre Dame well uh, obviously it's a it's an unbelievable school great campus um, the tradition's amazing um, you know I think that um, and sometimes uh, you know Notre Dame will get a bad rap about uh, and Jeff how uh, how he plays with such structure. And, you know, I always argue that, that, uh, you know, NHL teams are so structured and why wouldn't you want that for a player, you know, but um, no, I think that Notre Dame's a great choice for my son. I think he made the decision, um, obviously a great program and, and Jeff, uh, Jeff's a great coach. He's uh, 
he's demanding, he's disciplined, uh, you know, all the kinds of things that you want for, for your son to, to play there. But, uh, you know, ultimately it was his decision and, and, uh, to play there. And hopefully we get through this, uh, pandemic here so that college hockey can start next year, but, um, super excited for him and, uh, for him to play for Jeff and, and Paul Pooley is the assistant coach who I had at Lake Superior State as well. So, um, two guys I'm very familiar with and, and, uh, we're excited for, for Ryder. For sure. Is there, you want to touch on your other kids and kind of just what they're up to? Yeah, I have, well, I have one other one that's playing uh, 2005 for little Caesars and that's the team that I'm coaching, uh, this year. It'll be the U 15 little Caesars team. And, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, a project and uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm starting, I'm basically starting over where I started with Ryder and now I'm taking my 05 son through the same kind of process. So uh, it's a yeah. lot of fun and, and uh, I'm in it for my kids and, and for the development of, of youth hockey in, in the Detroit area. I think they've done a really good job and, uh, but I think we can do better. Yeah. I love hearing um, when guys like yourself that are still sticking around the game and, how lucky the other kids are that are the same age as your son, just because I, I kind of got caught in the pool with my childhood best friend. His dad was Jimmy Johnson. And um, then my other kid on our team, Alf Samuelson, were my two coaches growing up. And so I know if I didn't have them, I wouldn't have went anywhere in the game of hockey. And so it, it's awesome to see. And, and we had those two coaches all the way up because, you know, I just happened to be in that same age. So I know the, the impact that you're having, not only on your other kids, but, but the, but the kids that are surrounded with them is, is uh, extremely fortunate for everybody involved. So just as a fan of the game, thank you for giving back and thinking about that. What, what's some advice that you have for youth hockey players that are aspiring to, you know, play junior hockey, play college or major junior, whatever that choice is. And then ultimately um, getting to the NHL. Well, it's, it's a, it's a day by day process, right? It's, you know, it's not a sprint to get anywhere. And a lot of times, and unfortunately this happens, I've seen it in youth hockey where, uh, you know, parents are get excited and, and, uh, you know, think it's a sprint to get somewhere and it's never a sprint, you know, it's a marathon and you just have to take it day by day. And if you love the game I, and you're willing to put the work in and, and kind of be coachable and, and be, you know, just love the game. I think that is so important because as you get older, it becomes more than just a game. You have to work at it to stay on top. And um, I think that, and you can, I think you can see that as a coach, the kids that really love it and want to learn and, uh, and, and get better. So I'd say just a day-to-day -day process of, of working hard and, and, you know, following uh, the love of the game. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're exactly right. We've heard that from a few of our, our different guests, but I think your, your addition of, of that it's a process is such an important message. There's so many parents uh, and players that think that, you know, they, they try to rush the process and, um, to have, you know, you talked about starting the process over with, with your, your son at the 15 level for the next couple of years and you're looking at it from a, a multi-year um look versus like, Hey, just this weekend tournament that we're trying to win, or just this, this showcase that I'm going to. And I think that that focus on that, it's a long-term process, it's such a, you know, it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people that want instant gratification, but, uh, and want to win on the short term, but winning on the long term, you know, whatever that win might be is going to be a, 
a big thing at the youth level that I think a lot of a message a lot of people need to hear. Um, well, let's talk about the other side behind the bench. Advice for youth hockey coaches. Um, you know, you're coaching the youth level now, and, and you're, you've got sons involved in the game at the youth hockey level. What would your, you know, this is an opportunity to talk to the other youth hockey coaches at various levels. What would your advice to them be in regards to player development? Well, at the younger levels, and we've touched on it uh, throughout this podcast, it's, you know, continue getting as many touches in a game and, and keeping the kids you know, when I first took my U14 team, I wanted to have high tempo practices, high tempo, lots of touches, not a lot of standing around. Uh, I thought that, I think that's very important. I think I did a decent job with that group um, in order to, to get their skill development where we wanted it to be. Um, the fundamentals of the game uh, are so important and, and you have to be, you have to be hitting those hard. Um, whether it's your skating, your shooting, your passing. I mean, you see it at all levels, but, you know, where get, kids are just passing just to pass, not passing to the tape. and Try to – all those little details of the game, try to really to hammer on. And, and you had touched on it about they're practicing power plays all the time. I, w- I would limit that as much as possible. I – especially at the younger ages. Um, and I limit it in my practices as well because – I just don't think for because I really think long term for the kids, and, and I think that the high tempo, the skating, the passing, um, and and details of the game are are the most important. Especially, I mean, obviously at the younger young levels, but fourteen through sixteen, and um, you know, I've gone through the process and seen where some of these kids have ended up, and um, you know, more skill development would would have helped them uh, play at higher levels. Yeah. And I, I think of it too, is like, as a coach at the youth level, your job is to prep these players to get to the next level. And the fact is power play in a peewee looks different than a power play for a midget triple A team. And if you're just practicing that peewee power play over and over again, you're not giving them the skills to, to get to a, a midget team and have success in the power play. Cause they're all they did was come off the half wall and skate around 15 different people and shoot and score. Like, that's a different yeah. type of skill set than you need at different levels. And so I think that's huge advice because when you, when you teach these skills at every level, you'll have those skills when you don't need, you don't need a PB power play anymore when you're playing for, you know, for college hockey or, or whatever it is. So I think that's huge advice. And with that, we're going to start to kind of wrap this up and we appreciate your time. Is there, is there any kind of final thoughts or anything that uh, you want to get out there? So people can really take away from this podcast? No, I think we've kind of touched it all. I mean, um, at the amateur level, at fundamentals is what it comes back to. And being able to, to uh, give kids details in those respects is huge at the, the younger levels. And obviously, as they get older, their game can evolve and learn more about some of the other things that are very important to them. So I think we've, we've touched on most of them. And uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be on the show. and. Um, you guys are doing uh, great work and I hope you guys continue to grow. Well, thank you. I mean, we really appreciate that. It's an honor to have you on. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of coaches and players will listen to this because I think that, you know, we've touched on a lot of important points. Um, before we let you go, uh, anyone that's, that's listening, we, we can, we, we can find Brian on uh, at Rolston hockey on Instagram. Is there, is there anywhere else that uh, you would direct people to, to, to be able to find information from you or is that the main source? 
And uh, RalsonHockeyAcademy.com. Perfect. Well, we'll uh, we'll put those to uh, the link and the information about the Instagram page in our, our show notes, so so uh, players, parents, and coaches can can find you and see what you're up to after that. But uh, Brian Rolson, thank you so much for coming on. It was a, it was an awesome time talking with you. I think that was a great uh, great episode with a lot of uh, strong information and advice. So we really appreciate you coming to join us today. Hey, no problem, yeah. guys. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you, thank you. Thanks. Before we let you go, can we get a uh, can we get a let's go from you? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you very much. So there it was, Brian Rolston. What a cool, cool episode. I mean, the guy's, uh, the guy's been found success at every level of our game. And now he's given back to the game, coaching not only his sons, but other youth hockey players in the Detroit area and, and pumping out prospects left and right at Rolston Academy. So huge thank you to Brian uh, coming on the podcast today. I thought it was awesome. I think with that, I'm going to roll straight into the three stars of the night. So, Heater, are you good with that? We're going right into it? Absolutely. All right. Third star of the night, my, my third star. You know, he touched on this throughout the entire episode from the beginning to the end. He touched on the importance of fundamentals and how the fundamentals are going to set players up for success, not only at the level they're at, but it sets – sets them up for success at the levers levels they progress to. I mean, he talked, he touched on the point where, you know, his role changed as he went from junior hockey, the North American league to the NCAA level. And all of a sudden he's, he's a diff, he had to become a different type of player. And the same thing happened at the pro level. Um, but he always fell back on his fundamentals and had those fundamentals to guide, um, you know, playing the, having the right habits and, and playing on the right side of the puck. And so I think that coupled with his uh, his his idea of, the, of developing those fundamentals is a process. It's not a sprint. Uh, it's a long process to develop the fundamentals the right way. So I think that's the third star tonight: developing the fundamentals the right way and the importance of that for the for the players. So, Heater, why don't you take away the second star? Let's go for it. Absolutely, he said, and he said that a couple times. Like, oh, we we're, we've talked about skill development a lot in this podcast, and like that that's a good thing like that needs to be talked about because youth hockey coaches need to be doing that. They don't need to totally. be running around working on PP one, you know, totally. but, uh, um, second star of the night was his idea of leadership. And for me, that was extremely unique. Like he, he obviously was a leader at the NHL level, but then he, he got to play with Joe Sackick, um, Patrick Waugh, he mentioned and Scott Stevens and how, you know, Scott Stevens wasn't, the loudest person in the locker room. And I think he even said um, Joe Sackick didn't talk at all in the locker room. But what they did is that they were ready. They were always ready, whether it was game seven of the Stanley Cup or whether it was um, a practice. And uh, being ready in practice, being ready in a drill is a sign of leadership. And so, you know, if, I, if I'm a youth hockey player, I'm taking that advice to heart and that you know, there's a difference between messing around and working on something. And if you're not ready, you're, you're missing out on valuable, valuable time. And something that I always say to my players is like, Hey, if you want to mess around, you don't want to listen, that's fine, but you don't get to steal from the person next to you. So don't bother them. Right. And so don't, uh, don't take away their development because you want to, you know, bank pucks off their knees or something. So I love that idea of just leadership. Isn't always giving the Herb Brooks speech before, the big game, you know, sometimes it's simply being ready in a, ho in a hockey drill. And so I love that. Um, yeah. Second, I love it too. First star, yeah. Peter, what do you got? First star. First star, um, intensity in your shot. Like you think about this guy, he's, he's literally scored a goal in the NHL on a penalty shot, ripping a slap shot. 
And he told a story about how he'd come down on the off wing two on one and kind of limp one towards the net and he'd get back to the bench and be like, man, that was a waste. So don't have wasteful shots. If you're, if you're listening to this, have intensity in your shooting. And I'm not saying like, you know, there is a time and place where flicking it and just getting on net is a good shot, but we are losing the art of pounding hockey pucks. And so when you have that time and space, because you have the skill and you, you have the fundamentals to create time and space for yourself. And now you have it, well then use it and hammer a puck and have intensity in your shot. And he's, he's right. He's got a ton of tutorials on his Instagram, uh, on how to do that. And so if, if I'm a kid or a coach and I want to learn how to shoot a slap shot, I'm going to learn from one of the best in the game. So first star intensity in your shot, and that can trickle down into a lot of other different things as well. So that's where I'm at coach. I love it. Huge advice from a guy with a legendary shot. Shoot to score, right? Don't don't waste those opportunities. I love it. Good good pickups there, Heater. Uh, Brian Rolson, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, giving back to the game on the ice and here on the podcast and, and, and rinks all over the place. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Uh, for anyone that's that's listening, uh, actually, before we get to that, follow uh, get, check out Rolson Hockey Academy uh, online. And, and also on Instagram. Heater, do you have that, that in front of you? At, uh, I think it's at Rolston Hockey. I got it for you. Yep. At Rolston Hockey, R-O-L-S-T-O-N Hockey. Um, and Heater, you got, you got anything else before we uh, sign off here today? No, I'm, uh, I'm excited for this one. Um, something that I'm going to require some, some my buddies to listen to because I think there's a ton of, uh, ton of takeaways. So let's go. What do you think, Coach? I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. Give us a if you like what you hear, give us a, a like, a subscribe, share it with your your coach, other coaching buddies or your teammates. Um, spread it around. We'd appreciate it. And uh, I think uh, I think with that we wrap it up. And what do you say, Heater? You know what I say. Let's go. Let's go. And that's another episode of the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. Thank you, everybody for listening to this awesome, awesome episode with Brian Rolston. Another huge thank you to him. As Pete and Danny said, make sure you scroll down, find out about Rolston Hockey Academy. We'll also put some other stuff about Brian in the description. So thank you again. We appreciate it so much. We want to make sure we thank our sponsors. First of all, HockeyWolf.com and LacrosseWolf.com for all things hockey and lacrosse. We hope that you guys are using them for all of your hockey and lacrosse needs. Finally, Gel Stick Sports. Gel sticks are the most innovative and best weighted training aids on the market for hockey, lacrosse, and golf. They've got it all. And if you haven't heard about gel sticks, you need to go check them out at gelsticks.com. That's G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Get yourself a weighted training aid and maximize your next training session with a gel sticks. Right now, we've teamed up with them to offer you, our wonderful, wonderful listeners, 20% off your entire order. Go visit their website and fill up your basket with all of the training aids for any sport that your heart desires. Then use promo code Let's Go at checkout. That's L-E-T-S-G-O at checkout. Save yourself 20%. Get a training product to help you maximize all of your time off the ice, on the driving range, whenever you're shooting in your backyard. Hockey, lacrosse, golf, they've got it all. So go to gelsticks.com today and let them know that we sent you by using the promo code Let's Go. So thank you so much to Gelsticks and thank you, the listener. You know we love you and we couldn't do this without you. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>